When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest are up and running in the Premier League with three points on the board after beating West Ham 1-0 at the City Ground yesterday in front of a packed house. Uh, a brilliant occasion for the football club and hopefully for the Premier League as Forest are most definitely back. And we're going to discuss that and all the latest transfer news in the company of, first of all, Reds legend Gary Bursles. Hello, Gary. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, very well. Uh, recovered from uh, celebration yesterday. Good, good. We can talk more about that later. I'm sure it was a good day for everyone. And TV's Greg Mitchell. If you were watching Match of the Day 2 last night, you'll have seen Greg in a video package looking very handsome, I'm sure. Greg, are you well? Stitch me up. Yeah, great. It's just like last year, isn't it? Just keep winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I saw your tweet saying you were, you know, foolish to predict ninth. And obviously you're booking your hotels for Croatia somewhere in, you know, August, the Europa League or higher. So that's good. Um, right, let's start with uh, Greg. Just on the whole occasion, I know I've had both of you in the Trent now so at one point before the game, but you were in the city and then you went off to the game. Great, great day for everyone. What was it like for you, Greg? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, mentioning the Trent Nav, what a place now. You almost don't want to tell too many people because just incredible the pre match build up they had and proper Premier League place now. And it just continued. I mean, red hot day, everyone was happy. Nobody was... It's funny because you take Twitter for one thing and then you speak to people in real life and it's completely different. And everyone was so positive pre-match. Can I, I just correct you there? Not everybody was happy with the heat. I got a suit on and it was <laughs> absolutely awful. So, yeah. yeah, not everybody was that happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I felt for those people, but I was fine. I was loving it. And it just continued into the ground and... I thought we looked confident. The, the atmosphere was incredible. I mean, all the plaudits from from Sky and the BBC and all them saying how great it was. And it was just a, a good day, wasn't it? Proud day to be a Red again. True, true. I know someone's already commented on this. Richard says, you know, have you said, you know the camera panned to you, Gary, and you looked fast asleep in the director's <laughs> box. I'm sure you've been messaged about this. My my son sent me a message saying Andy Hinchcliffe said, "Is he asleep?" And I'm I've not had a drink or anything. My mate was up from uh, Southampton. He's a big West Ham fan. That's uh, so you know. He thanked the big thanks to the chairman for uh, getting us in, you know, and allowing him to be there as well. Um, um, yeah, we we just went in there. We met somebody early. Uh, went then went to the waterside and the atmosphere, like you said, Greg, was absolutely un- unbelievable. We got there about half 11 and it was packed at the navigation at half 11 absolutely the live music was good they were showing games of the past West Ham v Forest and it was just a a great place to be with the fans and then you know to the waterside as well it was just the atmosphere was incredible it just carried on the whole afternoon was just absolutely staggeringly good 
Uh, other pubs are available, but if anyone wants to sponsor <laughs> this podcast, then get in touch. We can certainly <laughs> sort something out. Gary, on the performance itself, um, what do you make of it? Forest with good value? I think first half, definitely, uh, you know, massively um, good value for, for, you know, the goal. It was a lucky goal. People, it, it annoys me a little bit. You, you, you make your own look in the games and we're going to have games where it could go against us. He's got to be in the right place for that to rebound off him and go in. If you're not there as a striker, that ain't going to happen. And he was there, you know, and that, that's what impressed me. And I was impressed with him the, the whole the whole game. Um, you know, his willingness to run in that heat. Can I just say about the heat? They are unreal athletes to be, you know, to, to play football in that heat because it's, it was atrocious, the heat. You know, we all know how bad it's been. And the fitness levels, you have to applaud uh, incredibly because, you know, it's not easy. Believe me, I played. Somebody asked me uh, what was the worst you played in. that. It, one of the games was when Brian Clough came on the pitch. Uh, I think Superman came on, you know, in the, or was it Batman? I don't know. He was, a, a fan came on and Brian Clough came and dragged him off. And uh, we had about a five-minute break, which we were delighted with because it was that hot. And I, play, I played in Miami. We went to Miami with Forrest. And the heat, the humidity over there was just incredibly bad. He was like walking pace. So you have to give the players great credit. But, yeah, after Newcastle, it was going to be difficult. You know, you lose 2-0. You think, oh, welcome to the Premier League. But I think the way they approached it was absolutely superb. And the, the focal point for me was, you know, midfield. Um, you know, O'Brien, I, I thought, was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. All the, all the game, I kept saying, I uh, got my mate next to me and a, a, another chap next to me and kept saying, O'Brien, oh, different class. And he, somebody needs to set the standard. And, you know, and I think I think he did. The levels he performed at was uh, superb. And I think everybody, um, you know, they, they worked off that. And there wasn't a bad performance, really, from a Forest player, I don't think. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he, O'Brien? What was it impressed you, Gary? Was it, I mean, on and off the ball, I thought he was tremendous, but what really stood out for you with O'Brien? Well, you, let, let's put it into perspective a little bit. He's playing against Declan Rice, mm. who I thought was their best player. Um, and he's rated, what, 60, 70 million quid? You know, that's, that's the figures people are talking about to buy him. And I, I just thought the way he broke up play um, was different class. He's... he's Willingness to run with the ball, to carry the ball, and he very rarely gave the ball away. You know, he, he won things well. He he battled, and he, like I say, you you need somebody to set the standard at, at times. And I, I thought he did that. And you, you can work off the players like him. You know, we used to in our day. You know, we you got John Robertson. You know, you watched him, and you know you feed off that. You know, and I think the fans feed off it as well. But uh, all all round, I thought we were pretty good. Second half. They started like a house on fire. You know, they the first five minutes, crikey, I couldn't believe how, how different they were. You know, they they don't say they were unlucky. Uh, the goal that got disallowed, the two that hit the bar, but everybody has games like that. You know, you've, you've just got to put that to bed. It says Nottingham Forest won, West Ham nil, and that will never change. So you know, take it when you can get it. Was it a nervous watch, Greg, or did you get to the point where you thought, you know, oh, we're just in, it's written in the stars, we're going to win this game the way it went in the second half. I felt very confident, to be honest, but it did get to the seven minutes injury time. I turned to a mate and said, it feels like Wembley, this does. Um, but we, we're so calm under pressure and it was like it was like watching the same 
team as last year, if that makes sense, when we're under pressure. I know there's only three of them on the pitch, but Cooper just has this way, doesn't he, of keeping his players calm, calm, keeping things under control and managing the game so well. Um, I don't think West Ham were unlucky either. I mean, the penalty, arguably, we had a foul a few a few plays before that, so the penalty possibly shouldn't have been. And that block by Antonio for their goal was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it was like an NFL player, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't think West Ham should have a lot to moan about. We just turned up and you'd expect us to turn up like that at home against every team this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were big moments around VAR, Gary. Were they, were they right, do you think, with the West Ham goal and Brennan's offside? Yeah, definitely. I, as soon as Brennan, you know, I said he's offside, you know, even before he put in the back of the net, I, I thought he was offside. Um, and yeah, I think the, the decisions were the correct ones. Um, we all know what VAR is about. We all have our moans about it. But, you know, when it goes your way, it's good. Um, but yeah, they were unlucky second half. They probably edged the second half. Um but I, I thought the back three were magnificent. Um, I thought Joe Worrell led by example as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just a very professional performance because what annoyed me a little bit, players don't, I don't think players now realise that the, the time wasting is going to be added on at the end of the game. And seven minutes, you know, don't waste time, you know, mm. if, you, if you can help it. You know, let's have three minutes injury time rather than bloody. Oh, sorry, I swore there. Seven, seven minutes, and uh, you know, it's it's like at Wembley. You know, that six minutes of injury time, you know, was it was heart stopping at Wembley. But you, you think, well, is it going to cost us? It didn't cost us yesterday. Uh, Henderson, I thought, you know, was magnificent as well. Not just the penalty save. I think his decision making was good. He came out and took the pressure off the. Uh, the defenders when it came in the box because they they launched quite a few things into the box West Ham and I thought he's he, he came out and dealt with it really well. Uh, refs I noticed they're really hot on time wasting aren't they? They booked Henderson and they across the Premier League I think it's a directive so I think you're right there for any time wasting you get pulled up on it and Brennan got booked as well for a bit and sorry for pulling someone down it's quite funny. Um, the goal there I mean the way Forrest responded to that was really good and the game swung Greg didn't it on that on that goal. Uh, 18 passes, I think Mikey said in the WhatsApp group. There was quality about the goal, wasn't there? Even if there was an element of luck when it went in off our knee. Yeah, it was a great goal. I mean, he was there in the perfect position for it. And we fought for it. I mean, Jesse Lingard did superb. I think O'Brien was the, the play before that again. And like I say, 18 passes. It's not a bad goal, is it? However, it's finished. Um, and it was well-deserved and it was perfect timing. And the crowds then just carried themselves into half time, absolutely buzzing, ready for the second half. So it was great. It was just like um, Gary said earlier, though, it was red hot. So for them to have that kind of energy still after a long battle in first half to really get that goal, it was just, it was really deserved. It was brilliant. Mm. I mean, you've... Uh, hey, what, what did make me laugh, though, I, I saw on the, uh, I looked at the report on the BBC on, on my phone. And it said a pass from Jesse Lingard. <laughs> I, I thought a big smile came on my face there because he just fluffed it big style. Uh, but thank goodness he fluffed it big style. Uh, that, that got us a win. But a pass. Come on. Come on. Let me ask you about a couple of those players mentioned there then, Gary. First of all, you've touched on Awani a bit. From a striker's point of view, what do you make of him? He looks raw, and there are a couple of times you could see Cooper was frustrated with him, but also he's got some you know, raw attributes as well that are going to make him a real handful this season, aren't they? 
Um, well, I, I looked at Antonio. I always look at strikers and I, I look at what he's done for West Ham. I've always been interested because he was a Forest player and uh, he's a handful. He really is a handful. I thought we dealt with him, you know, quite well. Um, but going back to our striker as well, you know, I thought his, his willingness to run in, you know, into areas to make himself available, to hold the ball up, to be a little bit niggly to the guys who were marking him, the defenders, he was backing in. He was making life difficult for them. And, yeah, he's a bit raw. It's the Premier League. Let's let's be, you know, frank about this. It's the Premier League. How many players have you seen? Even, like, you know, the Bergkamps and people like that didn't come across and Thierry Henry didn't nail it in the first season. You know, it's a difficult league, the Premier League. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see more of that. So, you, you have to, you know, give them a little bit of uh, time to, to settle in a bit, as you do with everybody. Uh, but I, I was quite impressed with what what I saw, and you know I I, I look closely at strikers, not just ours, at other people to see what they do, and what I do. Um, you know, my first thing was my first touch had to be good. I had to hold it up. I had to bring people into play. I had to be you know a little bit niggly with centre offs. You know, make it difficult. And I think he, I thought he did that really well. I felt like um, Lingard. He showed flashes of quality. He looks like, I mean, the heat didn't help him as much as anyone. He looks like he's short of match fitness. From a player's point of view, Gary, did you see a lot from him? Or is there a lot more to come? What did you make of Lingard? Well, we know, you know his pedigree is there for all to see. You know, we've seen him at Manchester United. So that will come without a doubt. Um, it's about settling into an environment in a football club, a new football club. It's not always easy. Um, you know, the, the spotlight will be on him because he's Jesse Lingard. Um, and yeah, it's not always going to go right, and but a lot of the time it will go right. And you know, some of the things you, you saw him do, you know, it, it's going to be so productive for the team. Um, and it's you, you know, people talking about Brennan as well yesterday. It, it's a big step up from the championship to the Premier League, and you don't acclimatize, you know, automatically to that. Um, but you know, we've seen what Brennan can do with uh, Wales, you know, when he when he played for Wales. He looked comfortable in that that situation, and he'll he'll acclimatise and he'll get better without a doubt. I was doing a Facebook live after the game, and Brennan was getting some stick, and I thought he was all right actually. I mean, he had that <laughs> shot in the first half. He had a really good finish. I can mute you if you want, Gary. You can have a good call. No, Hang on. No. Okay. Um, yeah, really good finish. He was just unlucky. He's a bit offside, or maybe he needs to time the run a bit better. And I thought he stretched West Ham late in the game, second half. What, what were people saying about Brennan in the stands, Greg? And what did you make of him? I enjoyed watching him. I enjoyed the fact that you could see Tyro and him are starting to build a, a little bit of a relationship. Uh, you, He's gonna get. He's not gonna get as much of the ball, is he? Because the the entire team isn't gonna get as much of the ball as we had last year. But he did take his disallowed goal very got very good, and I think he's probably gonna be the next person on the score sheet for us. And when that does happen, it'll be exciting to see where he goes. Because I mean, we are getting probably another striker in, aren't we? If we haven't already, and you think he's just going to keep stepping it up. And you've got to remember, this is a team we keep getting told that hasn't gelled yet and it's going to take time to gel. But yesterday you saw real glimpses of what's to come. And I can't wait till September, to be honest. That's the month where it's it's really going to go for me. And I think they're already showing these little snippets of what they're about. And players like Brennan, they're going to be the main benefactors of all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a, I know Brennan's playing to tactics, obviously, Gary. 
when you're not getting in the game as much, would you like to see Brennan come a bit deeper, or do you like him playing higher, waiting for the you know that that chance because he's high. so deadly? Yeah, play high. You know, don't change the way you play, and Steve won't want him to change the way he plays. You know, that's what makes him the player he is. You know, he's got the pace. Uh, again, the willingness to to run into areas that hurt defenders, and uh, like you know, Greg said that finish was top quality. You know, we're talking about again the Premier League, and uh, he didn't know he was offside, but he finished it beautifully. And I like to see that confidence, and that confidence won't won't go. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, to be fair, I mean, when the fixtures came out, I said oh, people were saying, "Oh, uh, Newcastle and West Ham, that's a good start for us." And I said at the time, what a great job uh, Eddie Howard done, what a great job David Moyes has done the pre- previous season. So it's not going to be easy. You know, those two teams last season did really well. You know, Eddie Howard got them out of trouble, Newcastle. And, uh, you know, David Moyes did a, br- a fantastic job with West Ham. So it ain't easy. You know, the Premier League is not easy. And, uh, you know, people will say, well, got Everton next. You know, everybody's beaten Everton. And, you know, but it, it might not. You know, you, if you go into that mentality, then you could come unstuck. You've just got to respect your opposition all the time. You know, don't fear them, but respect them And uh, because it is the Premier League. And it, it's at any level of any football you play, you always respect your opposition, but don't fear them. Mm. Are you going to Goodison Park, Greg? Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, three buses going up, so I think it's 147 of us looking for a pub en route, if anyone from that way listens. <laughs> It'd be a mobile <laughs> pub by the sound of it. <laughs> Are you taking a point now? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, or are you going with the mindset that you think Forrest will win the game? I'd love to. Uh, I mean, yeah, Everton are on the ropes, aren't they? They're, they're one more defeat away from their fans having a complete meltdown, so let it be us, really. But I'd be delighted with four points from the next two games, obviously. Mm. Uh, so either draw with Spurs or draw with Everton and win the other, that'll do me. <laughs> Awesome. I can't Spurs. help it. Spurs are on a oh yeah, you know, I, I know you said on here before you don't write off any game, but Spurs are on a they're on a big level this season, I think, to be fair. Yeah, but let, let's go back to last season. We we battered Arsenal, we battered Leicester, and we were lucky not to beat Liverpool. Mm. You know, so we, we, <coughs> we shouldn't be afraid of anybody, no matter who they are. You know, you, you look at what Brentford did last season, you have to build on things like that. What you know, how good they cope with everything. You know, Leeds survived last season. You know, Wolves, you know, all these teams were fancied to go back down when they came up, but they, they, they found a way to, you know, cope with the Premier League and the pressure with it. You know, mm. as, you know, Brian Clough always used to say, I just said it again, uh, you know, respect your opposition. Don't be, don't be afraid of anybody. And there's no point in being afraid of anybody because you go, you, go you go out afraid, you, you know, you, you're not going to be confident. You know, you just, you won't give your full potential on the pitch and yeah just go out and enjoy it. it's a new chapter for everybody and it's it's great to see this generation now you know come to the Premier League and you know not be afraid of it go out and then just embrace the whole thing because if you don't it's a waste of time being a professional footballer that's the pinnacle of what you do in any job you, you try in any job to be the highest you can and the Premier League in my you know is is my Nirvana, if you like, and uh, you know, just go out and just enjoy every minute of it. Don't be afraid mm. of it. Are you seeing it that way because of kind of home versus away in a sense? We have to view home games totally differently to away games because the crowd does make a difference. You think, Gary? Sorry, that was for you. Oh, mate, so yeah. Uh, yeah. 
yeah, we know that. I mean, the atmosphere, it's always been good. But yesterday, it seemed really different. I don't know if you thought that, Greg. Mm. It, it just seemed a notch up, mm. um, you know, especially at the start. And um, my mate who, who was up there, you know, he, he, he couldn't believe it, the atmosphere, you know, he, you know, especially with Mullock and Tyre and all that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it can be the fortress. You, you, you have to concentrate on winning your home games. But we're not bad away, you know. We we proved that last season. You know, we, we're not that bad away. We're not um, we're not afraid of uh, going somewhere else. Um, you've just got to get the right blend uh, when you go away. I mean, we didn't have a shot on target against Newcastle, did we? Um, which was, you know, maybe disappointing. Um, but it, it all came a lot better yesterday. We had quite a few attempts. Uh, it looked totally different. And uh, yeah, you, all you can do now is build on that performance and. You know, just try and take it up a notch the, the 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 time after game by game. Yeah, back to this game, Greg. A couple of quick things. Can you see VAR replays in the stand? Because I can see them from the press box. Because you can't see them. No, but it's funny. You can tell we're not used to it all because when um, he went to the monitor to have a look, see if their goal stood, the whole crowd cheered, thinking it had been disallowed. Because yeah, none yeah. of us are used to it, are we? Yeah. But uh, no, we can't. Uh, I think you see a replay of it afterwards. Oh, okay. Saying that, the, I'm sure the Brennan uh, offside was put up on the big screen uh, mm-hmm. before the decision was made. So, uh, yeah, I think it is nice to know. I mean, I had time to message my dad, I think, and say, was it a penalty uh, yeah, before yeah. it was even given? So, you know, <laughs> you might as well let us see it like they do on the cricket. But I wasn't as annoyed with VAR as I thought it was going to be yesterday, if I'm honest. I really thought it was going to ruin the game and you're not able to cheer fully because you're not sure whether it's going to be disallowed. But it wasn't too bad yesterday. It didn't waste too much time either. Mm. And did you think Henderson was going to save that penalty? Was it? I had a nice feeling because it's at the the end where we always save the penalties now, isn't it? And uh, I don't think it was that poor a penalty. It was in the corner. So if it had gone the wrong way, certainly wouldn't have got it. So was he given man of the match by Sky? I know O'Brien got it. From Forest. O'Brien was given it, yeah. He was given it from Scarker. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, Gary Henderson had some big things to say, and you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think he'd been had some pent up frustration not being allowed to inter- to do interviews for two years, and he kind of spilled his soul about how he was treated by Man U. What do you make of that? And do you care if a player backs it up with that kind of performance we saw yesterday? Well, I'll tell you what, about 60,000 Man United fans wish it had been in goal for them on uh, Saturday against Brentford. Crikey, I mean, De Gea was just, what was he thinking of the first goal? I mean, I could have saved that at, at my age. And, you know, then trying to play a pass right in the middle of your 18-yard box, it's absolutely crazy. And uh, I'm sure Man United fans are looking at it and they saw that performance yesterday and think, oh, my word, you know, we've got the wrong one here. I mean, Day is a you know he's he's proved he's a world class keeper, but uh, yeah, I, I I always when I was playing centre half, I always liked a goalkeeper behind me who was vocal and who came and took the pressure off you when they the ball came in the box, not one who stayed on his line or anything like that. And I, I think he did that yesterday. I thought he, he took the pressure off the uh, three centre halves really well, and uh, defenders <coughs> appreciate that. Believe believe me. Do you feel a bit guilty cheering him, Greg? Is it, or is it a case of the King's dead, long live the King, now Brees has gone? Uh, no, not at all. I, I felt the same about um, Spence as well. Nico Williams was fantastic yesterday. There's probably five players that could have got man of the match yesterday. That's why I asked. But 
I mean, I know you mentioned Bryce, but Spence didn't even get in the Spurs squad yesterday. And you think if we had the choice yesterday, would you play Nico or Jed? And the same with Brees or Henderson. I think I'd choose the current players, if I'm honest. As much as I loved what they did and I loved having them, I'd rather have what we've got now, you know, onwards and upwards with that. Mm, mm, true. Uh, last point I wanted to ask about the game before we move on to transfers is one for Gary about Nia Kate in the centre of the Forest back three. Well, I thought I had a good game and, you know, yep. looks a real threat from set pieces. But one worry I have or had... He's playing very tight against strikers. I guess in the Bundesliga, maybe, I don't know, are the strikers not as physically powerful, but Antonio did get the better of him a few times. Is, is that something you'd want him to be wary of, Gary? Um, he, he did get tight a, a little bit of the time, but you've got to give Antonio a little bit of credit there because, you know, as a striker, you, you're trying to back in. You're trying to feel your centre-half. Uh, and when I played centre-half, I, I tried not to let the striker do that. You know, he was trying to feel where I was and, you know, I'd, I'd, a couple of, two or three times I can remember him falling over the, the guy I was marking because he was trying to feel me and he, he came off balance and fell over. Um, you can get too tight. Um, I'm sure that was the plan to upset Antonio and it did. You know, he was getting riled. He was having to go at the referee. And in that respect, he did a fantastic job on Antonio because that's what you want. Because when you start getting... Uh, annoyed and having a go at referees you lose your concentration you lose your focus and that's what you do as a centre half try and do that to a striker and you know Antonio came off uh, I, I did like the applause he got from the Forest mm. fans I thought that was really classy um, because he did do a good job for us uh, but yeah as a centre half I think he did really really well yeah, I thought Forrest was good at the back and Cook came on and did a really good job as well. He did, yeah. Overlook him, he saw it out really well. Right, uh, moving on then, transfers. Um, signing number 15's come in, Remo Freuler, and it looks like Neil Mopay's going to sign. And there's a lot of talk about Hussein Aour, I think I've pronounced that right, I've Googled it this morning, coming in from Leon, which will take it to 17. Um, Premier League record, apparently. Yeah, yeah, Time. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole narrative now, you know, the whole doing a Fulham thing, but I'm just going to read out some of the players who were on the bench yesterday. And I don't mean this to be disrespectful to them, but Forrest had Ollie Hammond, Lyle Taylor, Alex Might, and Loic Mbeso and Cafu on the bench, along with uh, Hennessy, Cook, and Surridge. A lot of those players, Greg, are not going to be first team regulars. And players like Might and Mbeso and Hammond probably need a loan. With that in mind, can you see why Forrester are going for so many players with, with the depth they're going to need? Yeah, of course. And you, we all know this. Every Forest fan's been shouting about it all summer that we're not doing a Fulham. We're not doing this, that, the other. We're rebuilding an absolutely shattered squad. You know, it got decimated during the summer. So some of these players, yeah, they will get loans, especially the younger ones. Maybe some of the older players, they might look for, for clubs permanently, but it depends if there's anyone out there willing to take them. But with nine subs sitting on that bench, some of them will still be here and we'll need them. I mean, Surridge did a good job. Cook did an excellent job when he came on. So we are going to need a squad, not just a, a team. And uh, who's the guy, the one who Arsenal were after? Like, oh. be it. Yeah, I mean, players like that, it, it doesn't matter how many you sign. If he becomes available and wants to come, you, you get them because it's going to be an improvement. Yeah. I mean, what do you make of it, Gary? Have you been, have you, were you in a dressing room where that many players came in? I mean, actually, Forrest signed loads of players every summer, but it's just getting attention now. But what's it like when you're in a dressing room when there's a volume of new players that come in? Um, 
that never really used to happen because you know the the subs bench was less. Yeah, I mean we won the two European Cups with fifteen players, um, so it, it was a totally different generation. It was a totally different way of doing things. Now, as you rightly say, because of the Premier League, um, you need a massive squad now uh, because if you do pick up injuries, you know you get three, four, or five at the same time, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I, I never really. The only time I felt under threat was if somebody was coming in who was going to play my position. Um, but uh, yeah, generally it was it was pretty quiet in those days. And uh, I think modern day now, you you always look to Sky, you know, to watch, you know, the transfer window. You know, players coming in, they've got people at every ground, you know, training ground. It's a totally different animal now. And uh, you know, Premier League especially, you have to have that big squad because you're in trouble yeah. if you don't. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean. Greg, I saw obviously Jack Holback didn't play. I think Cafu's come off the bench uh, and done all right, obviously. But do you think this is probably the end for a couple of those players? We might see them phase out. Yeah, we'll talk about Joe Lolly in a bit as well. Possibly just be, just because of their age. I mean, it's not going to really benefit us a player of that age going out on loan now, is it? Because you, you want your loan players to come back stronger and ready, whereas it might not be the case with some of them. So I think uh, maybe selling a couple or you know even releasing them might be a good thing but uh it's crazy that jimmy garner's been made available hasn't he today or in the week and you think what a player he was every single one of us would have wanted him and now suddenly we've had such a an amazing window a lot of people are thinking do we actually need him as as good as he is going to be and as he was for us yeah so it's what a do real you think about strange I mean, you can't have, him, you can't have him anyway, though, can you? Because you can't have two from. No, the they've, they've said well, they're going to sell him. Yeah, they're going to sell mean, him. Their yeah. report is that they'll sell him for fifteen million, which seems oh, okay. a good price to me. But like Greg said, oh, was Gary gone? He's gone to buy him. He's gone to buy him. He's back. He's back. Are you well, back, Gary? Can, can you yeah, hear us? Yeah, my daughter's trying to phone me. It's all right. <laughs> what do you think about James Garner coming back? Forrest actually moved past that now in terms of the number of midfielders they've got? Um, I, I think we saw what he was capable of. Um, you know, he's one of those players who makes things happen. And, uh, you know, at the higher level, it'd be nice to see what he could actually, um, you know, give towards us. Um, uh, I'm not sure, how, you know, if we will buy him, but, um, you know, you'd certainly take him back on loan if you could, but obviously you can't because of Henderson. Um, it's, uh, I, I was worried about lack of strikers. I really was, uh, because Davis had gone, you know, uh, Graben's gone and, you know, Sam was, you know, he'd been injured. He had the hernia op uh, operation and you're thinking, right, one thing you need in the Premier League, if you're going to stay in there, is somebody who's going to score your goals. And I didn't think we'd got that at that point, but, uh, the people were interested in, I, I'm quite impressed with Mape and, you know, people like that. I think uh, you need proof, uh, proven quality at, at this level. Um, and if you've got the right supply, strikers are beholden on supply. Always have been, always will be. Um, you know, the, the greatest strikers can create something out of nothing, but you need as a striker that um, you know, that, that supply from all areas. And um, I'm just delighted with the way, um, you know, Steve's bringing people in and uh, he's looking at strikers because... I always watch Norwich and I, 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 could, I could never understand Norwich when I commentated on them because you've got, um, you know, they play one up front who's, you know, he's a really good player as well. well I forget his blooming name now. Pukki. Yeah. Pukki. And, 
but, but when they, you know, when they were losing or whatever, 2-0, they'd, they'd take him off and I'd think, why don't you play two up front? You know, and that 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 baffles me a little bit. You know, when you need to win a game, you put somebody else on and they, that's why they kept going down because they'd take him off and put somebody else on and it was just baffling. Um, so strikers are the most important, instrumental uh, piece of the jigsaw, you know, for me at any level, but especially in the Premier League. If you haven't got somebody who's scoring your goals, you're going down. Yeah, and Forest do have the tactical options now to change shape in games. Now they've got Emmanuel Dennis and Mo Pays coming in. What do you make of those signings, Greg? I think there was a kind of a a, a bit of confusion when they said they were linked with Mo but Andy Scott, the chief scout for Forest, bought Mo to Brentford. Do you are you on board with that one as well? Yeah, I know. As much as Brentford annoy me, they get their recruitment spot on, don't they? Uh, Dennis certainly on board with and. Surprised no no other Premier League clubs were in for him because he did a, a great job with a, a poor Watford side. So um, yeah, I just I just trust our recruitment. You trust the, what we do, don't you? And these players, a lot of them, I can't say I've ever heard of, and and they turn out to be great. So it it just feels good that we're getting linked with players and we buy players that these pundits say, oh, I'm surprised someone a bit more established in the Prem hasn't gone for. So yeah. Trust the process for me. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Mopay's stats, he's only 26. I thought he'd been around longer than that. He's got 26 goals and 84 starts for Brighton, and that's exclusively in the Premier League. And he's energetic and seems to to fit the plan. So one thing, I'll, I'll come back. So I want to come to Ryan Yates in a sec, but I'll just on strikers. Are you a bit worried for Sam Surridge, Gary? You're a big fan of his, and he's a good finisher. And he did well yesterday, but there's only so many places, aren't there? Or do you still see a good spot for him? Yeah, I mean, you get your place in a team not not by reputation, by what you actually do on the football pitch. And, you know, what we saw him do on the football pitch last season was very impressive. And you, you don't lose that ability to finish like that. Uh, you, I would say, you know, some of the strikers in the Premier League would be quite envious of the way he finished, what, half a dozen goals last season. You know, it was top quality the way he finished. And if he gets the opportunity... He can still do that, you know. You don't suddenly go off the boil. Um, he's a he's a confident lad in front of goal, and uh, I think he's he's a good player to have within the squad. He might not be first choice to start, but you know, coming on, um, I used to play with uh, against a guy called David Fairclough at Liverpool, you know, mm. an old super sub. He used to come on and just win games for Liverpool, and uh, he was the most annoying player in the world because of that. Um, so. I think his willingness and his honesty, the way he goes about playing football, um, you know, he runs the he runs the line really well. He gets in the channels. He makes things difficult. He's half decent in the air. Um, so yeah, I think he he could be an integral part of that squad this season if he stays fit. Yeah, and, and if Hussein does sign, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, he'll give uh, other options at number ten. And then now Kriate signed as well, Greg. That's another defensive midfield option as well. Uh, Ryan Yates might be vice captain, but he's got a good challenge now to, to get in this side. Again, Forrest need that depth, so I think it's a good thing. Are you confident Yates can still be a, you know, a, a key part of the squad over the season? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the vice captain, I think it is important because that's Cooper cementing that he is the guy for him. Uh, but like every other player, they're not they're not going to be playing, other than possibly Henderson, they're not going to be playing every game. The rotation's key. The, the games every week are coming and the intensity that they're going to be played at, they're going to be shattered. So they're going to all be needed. 
And uh, I mean, we've got Grimsby, haven't we? Next week, that's going to yeah, be my perfect. Old lot. Oh, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I can't wait to go. I've never been, so um, it's going to be a great opportunity for the Surridges or these other players to show either what they can be about for Forest or potentially some other clubs that might take them on loan for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to Grimsby. It's good atmosphere there, Gary, isn't it? It's right it on is the coast. Very good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. It was, you know, two of the best years I, you know, I, I had because I saw young players, you know, thoroughly enjoying what they were doing, and uh, we got two automatic promotions. So to finish my career doing that, it was absolutely brilliant. And Alan Buckley, the manager, then was absolutely fantastic. All he wanted to do was play football. Four four two. We had two little wingers, uh, David Gilbert and uh, I'm trying to think of Gary Gary Childs, and they you know, the supply they gave us was just unbelievable. Yeah, so happy time of my career and great fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> great fish and chips. Uh, I just wanted to spend the last few minutes also uh, reflecting on Joe Lolly's Forest career. Greg, he's gone to Sydney FC on a two-year deal. Uh, perhaps the right time for him to go, do you think? Yeah, I'm really glad for him as well. I mean, this is a lad who like, gave up on his football career almost at 19, didn't he? He went to university and then... Just the projectile has been superb for him, and he, he he's been a great servant for us. You you look back at the years we've had Lolly though, and they're not like the happiest times down at Forest. So, um, but he'll always be remembered as one of the good guys, I think, by fans. And I'm just delighted he's he's trying something different, and he'll be one of the top players in in Australia, definitely. Mm. Does it feel for you, Gary, like maybe the right well the right was on the wall when you're told to train the under twenty three? But does it feel like it was the right time for him to go, Gary? Yeah, that's a strange one. I, I mean, I don't get that. You used to that. It's not like the naughty chair, um, you know, training with the under twenty three. So I don't know what what's happened there. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he was he he wasn't the most consistent player in the world, uh, but you know, he at times you could see what he was all about. He you know he could make something happen out of nothing. Um, but, you know, you, you come to a, a stage in your career um, and a manager will either like you or he won't. But at this level, you need consistency. And I was imp- I, I, that's what I was impressed with yesterday for, for us. Uh, you know, the consistency we showed through the game and the concentration level late on, I was really impressed with. Because if you switch off at any level, you're going to get punished. And I just think, you know, it's, it's about, at that level, it's about... David Platt always said, great players don't get better, they get more consistent. And I thought that's one of the great sayings I've heard in football. You know, when you look at the message, you know, at the top of their game, the consistency levels they have is staggering. That's why they're the best in the world. And you have to have that in the Premier League. And if you don't, then you're going to fall by the wayside a little bit. I don't know if the chance was ever there for you, but would you have fancied a couple of years in the sun to end your career instead of ending it at Grimsby? Not that Grimsby's not sunny. No, I mean, I had a chance to go to sport in Lisbon. I went uh, when Keith Birkinshaw was manager, I went for talks over there. Um, and I had a chance to go to Napoli before uh, Maradona, but obviously they got uh, you know the better deal there with Maradona than me. Um, and I turned, you know, turned it both down. I got young children at that point in my career. Um, so I didn't take it up, but uh, do you yeah. regret that? Do you think? No, I don't. No regrets in no regrets in football at all. Um, you know, you're lucky to be a professional footballer. I consider myself very, very fortunate to have the career that I did. I didn't do it for money because money wasn't there. I just wanted to win things, and I love playing the game. Mm. And I uh, still love, you know, Forest. You know, I went to the navigation before the game. <coughs> Excuse 
excuse me, and people said, I bet you fill up a you know photographs, people asking you. I said, No. Crikey, at my age, people still want to photograph and me to sign things. I never turn anybody down. When I went to Wembley, I must have had about a thousand photographs. It's it's great because that's that's my job. You know, it's still my job. I'm still, you know, an ex-professional footballer and I was lucky enough to win things and play for, you know, my country and Manchester United, Notts County, Grimsby. And I, I loved every minute of it. And um, I still love every minute of what, you know, what happens now. It's it's not a chore. It annoys me. Some people see it as a chore, you know, ex-players and things like that. And it, it's it, it, that's wrong to think that. It's it's still your job. Yeah, I got asked for a selfie before the game, which makes me laugh. But the funny thing is, I've only been asked for two selfies before Forest Games for this podcast, and it's the same bloke each time who's asked me for the selfie. He wanted another one, which was mad, but, you know. Just a popular there. Yeah, well, well, yeah, Greg's a celebrity here now. Um, Right, Um, just lastly on Laurie, Greg, uh, was it Villa away's best moment? Well, that would be the one you remember. Yeah, it's a great, great goal as well, wasn't it? it? was Three assists and a goal. It was certainly his game. Uh, but he, he had many moments for us. I don't know injury were bad for him, but he was just a great player and he got his, you know, he got his reward with that day at Wembley, like many of the players what, be, did. Be, be careful how you say great. For, for us at the time, you know, for in our squad, he was I, I a good think, player. I, yeah. I found him a little bit frustrating at times. You know, I thought like Zinkadagel at times. You know, he was a frust- he frustrates you mm. because you can see how good he can be and how you know when it clicks, how good it is. But again, I'm surprised consistency. And I'm surprised he hasn't gone for another season in the Championship. You'd have thought like no, I, he'd I go back to Huddersfield or somewhere like that where he could really be a a good player again. He, but how old is he, by the way? Don't know. 29, something like that. I'm going to say, why, why go over there? I, I thought, like you, Greg, people would be in for him uh, because, he, you know, at that level, he can he can do it without a doubt. So, yeah. I think they, they were. Championship clubs are in for him. Maybe. I mean, he struggled with injury, hasn't he? Maybe he thinks, I don't know, maybe it's an element of self-doubt. I'm speaking for him, but maybe he thinks he'd be a big fish in, the, in Australia with the lifestyle and... He doesn't want to diminish his reputation in the championship. I mean, a lot of people would say, uh, well, hold on, Sydney or Huddersfield, no disrespect <laughs> to Huddersfield, because you just mentioned Greg, and people say, well, yeah, Sydney is uh, probably a, a, you know, a nicer option weather-wise, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it happens in football. You know, people are going to Bahrain. I don't know what Lewis Grabbin's doing. Where, where's he gone? Is, mm-hmm. way, yeah, weird, no weird one, that is, because he's... Yeah. Definitely one of the better championship strikers. Yeah, really strange. Mm, true, true. Right, let's finish with. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity for any other business. Anything you want to say, Greg? It's about the state of everything. How you're feeling after yesterday? No, I just think we've uh, we've been rewarded again, haven't we? With a, a famous uh, a famous weekend at the City Ground, and thank you to everyone who helped us with the the display as well in the uh, Clough Stand. We had about a hundred people turn up on Saturday red hot conditions absolutely boiling putting ten and a half thousand cards on seats so i felt for the uh the lower clough fans during the game as well it was baking down there but they were all waving the cards in the faces so it was worth it just for that i think i know well temps was in there and mikey and his wife Lindsay. so yeah i think those cards as temps said on the whatsapp group i think those cards saved him <laughs> uh, a bit of a different shade of skin this morning he was pretty sunburned without that card i think 
Uh, Gary, anything you want to say on the state of everything, how you're feeling, the way it's all yeah, going? Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, a massive thank you to the owner, Mr. Maranakis, for, you know, his continued investment in the club. He was there yesterday with his family. Um, you know, we're very, very, very lucky to have somebody like him who's who's got a vision of what he wanted when he bought the football club. He wanted them in the Premier League and he's put his money where his mouth is. He keeps giving giving and giving and uh you know the, the amount of money spent has been you know significant massively significant and I, I just think the recruitment around the club is, is is particularly good as well you know from steve all around the football club and i think that's that's so important that you get that right not just on the pitch that you get everything right if you possibly can in all the right areas and you know forest seem to be doing that on you know a big scale and uh I, I'm just delighted with the fact that uh, that's happening because, you know, the pre I think the pressure on our generation, yeah, because of what we won, I I'm, I'm delighted now that a new generation is, is taking us forward because that's what you want. We don't want to live in the past or anything like that. We want to see the future. And I think the, the owner's giving everybody a vision of how it can be and hopefully what it will be going forward. And that's got to be fantastic for, you know, and I, I would think there's a bit of jealousy around, you know, because of, you know, what Mr. Maranakis is putting into the club from other clubs. They see it and think, my, you know, look how much they've spent. And, uh, you know, you, you're just so thankful for an owner who who does that and cares. And he clearly does. Do you know, you sort of, go on, Greg, sorry. I'll I was go just going to say on that, uh, you look at Man United and what they're going through with the Glazers at the minute. Odors that couldn't care whether they win or lose and, you know, taking money out of the club. There's a clip of, uh, our owner yesterday it was about 80th minute or something praying and just like living every ball and you know everyone can have an opinion on things but you're not going to be able to say that bloke does not care and doesn't want us to win because he looked like a wreck yesterday exactly how I felt so it's it's good to see things like that and yeah. you, you, you look at uh, Christian Karambu as well with there you know he's uh, he's involved with Olympiacos and hopefully, you know, maybe that may have a bearing <clears throat> on Forest at some point. You know, fantastic international for France. You know, you, you, you like people like that to be involved with what's going on. And, uh, you know, he was he was a player. And, uh, you know, any input from people like him, you know, you, you, you're thankful for. Yeah. Uh, the owner went on the pitch before the game. I don't think either of you would have seen it. It was quite early on. He was kind of... I looked like he was a bit ushered on a bit to me and he waved to the crowd and he looked quite sheepish waving back. And I quite like that because it's... He is. It's, he's, he's very unassuming. You know, yes, he's quiet. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's not, you know, flamboyant or, you know, look at me, I'm a, you know, I've got all this money. He's, he's just a, you know, he's an owner of a football club. I think he's proud to be the owner of our, our football club. And yeah, long may it continue. Uh, one last question for you, Gary, just picking up on something you were saying there before we go. Are you sort of happy to pass the baton, in a sense, to the next generation of players? Not that anyone's ever going to yeah. forget Massive. or, yeah, what you guys did, but is it Massive. nice for you, yeah, to, to, to move on things Look, on and create a new chapter? I'm, I'm a Forest fan. My dad used to take me in the children's pen at the Trent End when I was a kid. You know, I, I actually watched a game against Valencia all those years ago. Um, we played Valencia the other week. Um and, yeah, to, to, to be born and bred in Nottingham and play for your hometown teams, you know, I've been lucky to play for both, um, you know, makes you so proud. And, yeah, we, we're delighted with what we did. Um, some managers have, you know, disrespected that in the past. 
for no reason at all because none of us have ever ever craved anything we've just got on with what we do um you know we can't help winning things you know <laughs> you can't apologize for winning things but now it's great to see steve cooper who's a top bloke uh taking this club forward with a an owner we've just we've said and uh, yeah i i couldn't be more delighted that you know what's happening and the way it's going forward and uh yeah long may that continue because um you know, we've got the right man in charge. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, and, yeah, let's just hope that the season goes well and we can progress. Excellent. Right. Uh, if we're not back uh, later this week, we'll certainly be back on Monday, looking back on the Everton game, where hopefully Forrest have picked up at least uh, one more point and hopefully three. So uh, thanks to everyone who's watched along in comments. There's so many comments in the Facebook section, the YouTube section. Uh, I couldn't read any out this week, but I do appreciate it. It's really good of everyone to join us. Greg, thank you very much. Yeah, enjoyed it. Cheers, cheers, Gary. Cheers, Greg. Nice to see you again. Yeah, and you. Excellent. Uh, no more free adverts for the Trent Nav, but do get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> and in the meantime, we shall see everyone soon. Cheers, Matt.